We had audio problems, but we're just going to go back and start again because you didn't hear anything we said. And we're totally nailing it. Our YouTube show is the number one YouTube show on the planet with um, Sketch Audio. And I feel like we're doing great. Yes. Welcome to Feminist Buzzkills <laughs> Buzz Live, the only show in the world powered exclusively on the tears of incels. What? That's right. They're carbon neutral. Uh, with me is my fellow co-conspirator, Moji Alawodeel. And our third wheel, Marie Khan. Well, she's out today. It's very sad. How you doing, Moj? I miss Marie already. But, I know. Uh, we're doing but we're... great. What's going on with you, Liz? You know, we're coming in hot with breaking news. We were started late. Audio prop, but you know, it's there's news out of Texas. Apparently, a state court in Texas has ruled this shitty Texas abortion ban unconstitutional. Uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means as far as like what the Supreme Court's going to say about it, what it means for Texas. But thank God we have Dr. Goodwin, who's going to be coming up and trying to clear all of this up for us. It's so great to have a reproductive justice scholar and a lawyer on your show the day some shit happens in Texas. So I feel good about that. Yeah, I feel really great about that. I Again, it's what we saw was that it was declared unconstitutional. And uh, yeah, I was clear it was unconstitutional before, but I feel like there's a lot more to know. And hopefully Dr. Goodwin will bring the fire and I cannot wait. I think she's going to bring the fire. And I think that there is. So we'll find out about that. There's a lot of shit to talk about today. So should we just get on it and Let's get to it? In. I was going to ask yeah. you about your crazy drunken weekend, but that's going to have to wait. Moji, we'll talk about that another what, time. Bullshit, what bullshit is popping this week? Please tell so people. So much bullshit is popping between the battle oh. at the Supreme Court, uh, Alabama and Texas sneaking in another abortion ban, which like, I know. It, I, I didn't think there were any abortion bans left. I thought we were all out, but I guess what? They found one in the couch cushion. And so the BS is popping and it is messy. It is so messy. I mean, Alabama has entered the chat. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Alabama's never left the chat. They are the perennial anti-thought leaders when it comes to the issue of abortion. And just yesterday, they have laid out a law mirroring Texas but worse, but worse, Liz, you say, how is that, pray tell? Well, I think we need to remember that in 2019, it was Alabama, just Alabamaing up a storm by passing the Human Rights Protection Act, which was basically creating fetal personhood, uh, which we're going to be talking about extensively in the show later. It was signed into law by the governor. And the only reason it's not in effect is because a federal court was like held to the no on that. Uh, and it is, it's the most draconian law that has been proposed yet. Moji, lay out the 2019 law and then I'll get to what's in the new garbage. So the 2019 Human Rights Protection Act defines unborn children as persons. And I just want to say they use a lot of language that I don't use in this. Um, and so when you hear me say women, I mean pregnant people. So it and when you say children, you mean fetus. I mean fetus or embryo. <laughs> yes. uh, and also, you know, yeah, fetus or embryo. Anyway, 
it bans abortion at any state in pregnancy. So from the, I don't know, first time someone looks at another person to uh, whatever. The second um, time they look at them. <laughs> Uh, they have exceptions for lethal fetal anomaly, which are, the, you know, a fetus, a fetus that's incompatible with life, serious health, health risks to a, a, a woman, ectopic pregnancies, which like those never come oh, to full term. Oh, that's nice. Ever. Never come that to full so term. Nice. That's not a thing. Um, they are, they are Ecto- graciously allowing the removal of a dead fetus. So. Oh, wow. Very much take what you can I bet they, had, I bet they debated here. that. I bet they debated that. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. They were like, yeah. sepsis, it's not a thing. Um, right. And they also allow an exception for a psychiatric diagnosis, um, a psychiatric psychiatrist diagnosing a patient with a serious mental illness that could possibly possibly lead to their own death or the death of a fetus, which also, I, I don't know. Beyond that, no exceptions for race. For, sorry, rape. Hold on a second. Hold rape. on before the- you race through this. <laughs> Moji, hold on. Yes. Yes, I, I have to unpack this psychiatrist thing because mm. who is this psychiatrist? Is it a government hired psychiatrist that says every single person is competent and also mental competency should have nothing like that's insane that somebody would decide that. And also, if I lived in Alabama, I would have a psychiatrist on speed dial just to be like, yeah, no, she has to have an abortion. She can't do this. Like, I, mean, I feel like there's going to be spiked cases of psychiatric um, problems in Alabama so that people can have abortions. In rich people, but uh, psychiatric care is rarely fully covered by insurance. And if you're uninsured, that's a luxury you can't deal with. So that's another price stacked on top of the price of an abortion. Because that's what everybody has I to know. pay a couple hundred yeah. dollars for their abortion. It's wild. Well, that's what, you know, and the reason that I say that is... Um, uh, medication abortion, <clears throat> the pills also deal with uh, migraines. Like it's a migraine thing. And in Ireland, there was like a spike when abortion was illegal in Ireland. There was a spike in migraines because people were using abortion pills to have abortions and saying that they had migraines. And doctors mm-hmm. were like, yep, migraine, you're good. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know how it works. But yeah, everything's on top of, on top of, on top of. All right. Is there exceptions? No exceptions? Uh, rape or incest, no but also, no, there are exceptions for rape or incest, but rape or incest exceptions are essentially you say, you re-victimizing victims of rape or incest, right? Like you can't just say, I was raped. I'm a victim Well, no, of there's incest. no exception for rape and incest. They don't care. Oh, oh. Yeah, they have no exceptions for rape or incest in this bill. <laughs> That's more, oh, so more revictiming. Okay, Moji was like looking for the soft revictiming, but they just go for the hard revictiming. No, yeah. Yeah, I like it. And so what are the penalties? Uh, It's similar to, it's the equivalent, class A, which is equivalent to rape or murder. Doctors could receive sentences ranging from 10 years to 99 years, which is essentially life. Um, Attempting an abortion uh, an illegal abortion, which all of them are illegal, is classified by the bill as a class C felony, which attempting an abortion, like a self-managed abortion? I don't know. Also, this is where I get confused. If if all abortions are banned, then aren't all abortions illegal? Here, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I mean, yes. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not a philosophy. Yes. I'm not this that particularly good at math, but like, I don't understand. I don't understand, I don't understand it understand all. How- at all 
then it makes and no then sense. they say in the bill that women receiving abortions would not be held criminally criminally liable, but that's some bullshit. So because yeah, always. that is. <laughs> yeah, and so stuff. that's just the old bill. That's just the old bill. So the new bill is exactly like Texas, but leaves, uh, but adds two fun things. And they they have the vigilante justice bill, the bounty hunting, that's all in place. But they've added that you cannot claim undue burden in if you're denied access to abortion. And undue burden was in the Planned Parenthood v. Casey Supreme Court case that came after Roe that said states have the right to ban abortion but they uh, are to put restrictions on abortion, but they can't outright ban it if it causes an undue burden. I don't know of all the shit that Moji just talked about, how none of that is a burden. I have no idea. But here's the other thing that is so creepy and we have to wrap to get to the next segment. But in this bill, it says, this state has compelling interests from the outset of a woman's pregnancy in protecting the health of the woman and the life of the unborn child. I would argue that the state has of Alabama has never exercised any compelling interest to help people who are born live and thrive outside the womb. Or pregnant people. Alabama has the third highest death rate for mothers in the country. Third highest of 50 states. There it is. There it is. I mean, that, so you don't need to even know anything more. And, and it wasn't just Alabama this week that passed uh, these oppression backup bans. Texas also signed a bill into law so the path to personhood is moving over to Texas and Moji lay out the latest garbage in Texas. So Texas, while we were all freaking out about the unconstitutional six week abortion ban uh, in September was like, let's stack on top of this six week abortion ban, a seven week medication abortion ban, which is a ridiculous because you already have a six week ban, but also just make sure that they're always set with a new little, I like how you put it. Uh, um, a, uh, Oppression backup it? plan. Yeah, so oppression, oppression backup, backup plan. Just plan. know that if if someone scoots some of your oppression out of the way, you got some more oppression right there. Just just so everyone stays struggling and no one gets to get into like I don't know living their lives, having some bodily autonomy. Well, I mean, it just happened as we're talking. You know, the state of Texas, um, the state court just said that um, this Texas law is unconstitutional. They're like, okay, that's fine. It, people can't get abortions at seven weeks either with medication abortion. So. Um, we have this thing in place and it feels and a, really abortion pills work awful. up until 10 weeks. So this is really like ridiculous. It's just cutting 21 days off of the time that a person could access safe, legal FDA regulated abortion. And I would also say too, that, um, it, it is a time in the show as we talk about this. And I want to remind people that every time you are granting fetuses rights, you are removing rights from the person who is pregnant. And this leads us to sort of our big meaty topic of fetal personhood and what it means. And I, I just feel like as we move towards fetal personhood, the conversation I wanna have is, are we at this point lying to ourselves about Roe v. Wade and is fetal personhood actually the law of the land? And it's about to be revealed to us that we're screwed. <laughs> so um, I don't know. It's screwed. It's really astounding, these ridiculous steps um, that these states take to get personhood on the books. In Texas, they are even using traffic courts. That's right, traffic courts. Many, many Shit. states create shitty fucking laws, but Texas continues to do the absolute most. They propose 
actual legislation to allow a driver to use, use the HOV lane while pregnant. But uh, fetuses aren't people, so how are they taking up space in a vehicle? I mean, this is, there's a lot of jokes <laughs> to be made about <laughs> that. You know, it's sort of like, if you can, if that's the case, then can you start collecting child, you know, support the second that you are just after had unprotected sex? Like, what are we talking about here? Because it seems wild. But I think that it's important to understand that, like, they just focus so much on personhood that they're sneaking laws, abortion laws, into laws that aren't about abortion. And then people haven't seen it, right? You're scouring for how are they going to write up a, an abortion law but they sneak something about pregnant people in an HOV lane. They know what they're doing and our side's like, oh, okay, that's great. But honestly, it's really insidious. It's really insidious and it does sound compassionate, but when you really think it through also like, how do you, how do you uh, regulate that? How do you enforce that? Um, we know that, that people of color and black people are targeted disproportionately. So what I see in Texas, a person taking advantage of this law uh, basically having to pee on the side of the road, be, bring a pee stick to the judge. If a cop pulls them over. Yeah. yeah. If a cop pulls you over, do you have to do a pregnancy test right there? It's every, every abortion ban is not only horrible on its face, it has profound uh, processes of humiliation, right? Yes. Whether it's, you know, you are a teen and you need an abortion, you have to ask a judge's permission. Whether it's a waiting ban where you have to, be, be humiliated and marginalized telling you that you have to think about it because you're not apparently you're too daft to make decisions for yourself. You know, you have to sit through a lecture of lies uh, because you need to hear things that you are dumb enough to accept because, and then when they don't even sound remotely in the realm of truthful, you know, all of it is just geared to that. And, and I can't even imagine what happens if, if you think about the other ways that, people have been had their personhood stripped and i know a case that we talked about we used to moji and i had a podcast together and a case that came up in 2019 in alabama um that was horrifying about a, a pregnant person um uh yeah this this story was horrifying and terrifying and it really is the natural it's sort of the natural blowout of these personal code laws right so in 2019 this pregnant person Marche Jones, a woman, attacked a coworker. That coworker shot her, shot her in the stomach, uh, and she miscarried because of the shooting. And then the Alabama legislature decided, not the legislature, sorry, a, a grand jury said, oh, the shooter was acting in self-defense, but the person who was shot and miscarried was charged with manslaughter, arrested, spent time in jail, all while dealing with a pregnancy loss. And it basically they were like, well, she, she sought out a fight, so this is her fault. And someone needs to be responsible for this fetus. Why? I mean, and this is where it gets crazy to me because people with guns are victims constantly. You look at the Kyle Rittenhouse case, you know, that guy was armed and then literally said, I was afraid that guy was going to take my gun and harm me when he was pointing that gun at a person. It's wild. But you look at that Marshawn case, you look at the case of the HOV lanes, you look at vehicular homicide. Uh, or vehicular manslaughter of, of a pregnant person. If somebody loses their pregnancy in a car accident that you could be charged for that, that does have personhood. And I think that this is a good time to just bring on Dr. 
Dr. Goodwin and have a deep dive into the question, does a fetus have more rights than the person carrying it? So uh, Emoji, let's bring on yeah, our badass guest. So lucky. We are so lucky to have a reproductive justice scholar, a host of the Ms. Magazine podcast on the issues with Michelle Godwin, Goodwin, sorry, and author of Policing the Womb. Please welcome Dr. Michelle Goodwin. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear yes, you. Yes, we can. Could you hear us? <laughs> I heard all of that shocking, horrible stuff that you were talking about that's rooted in reality, but it's still awful and it's sad it's, and it's horrific. It, it rep, it's, it's tragic. And you know, it, it feels like it's coming so fast and furious and I'm completely stunned at it. And so before we get to the personhood piece, can you talk to us a little bit about um, the news that came out of Texas? You might not have even heard it. Uh, we'll explain it to you and you can tell us what it means. Moj, do you wanna lay it out for the doc? Yeah, the it was, doctor? I mean, it's a really quick blurb that we got and it's just that a state court, a, the Texas state court ruled SB8 in Texas unconstitutional and that it would be filed. And we're like, what does that mean? Ends. What are the next <laughs> steps? When do people get to have abortions again? You know, it's these are matters that are so in flux. You know, and I think that that represents something that, uh, while on one hand, would seem to be a victory, clearly for people in Texas who care about the Constitution, uh, who care about reproductive health and safety. But at the same time, it's worth understanding that this is a real battleground. The fact that uh, SB8 has been in the Supreme Court not once, but twice. The fact that the federal government's Department of Justice has had to intervene in a way that was typical maybe of the 1960s and 50s, where the, Supreme, where, where the federal government had to say that, look, black people have the same constitutional rights as white people do, and they're being denied in your particular state. So we have to be cautious not to see what might be, you know, standard victories, right? This should be just common sense as being something that really writes the ship at all. We still haven't heard back from the United States Supreme Court, which is the chief court of the land on ruling on SB8, and that's on technical terms, not on the substantive. Um, and of course, we still will wait to hear from the court, not until next year, on the Dobbs case out of Mississippi. So good and bad that comes in that. I know, and I look at the case, you know, the Miss or the uh, the Texas case, and you know, I I I don't know from nothing, but I feel like if they rule against it on the Supreme Court level, it's not going to be because the six week part of it is unconstitutional. It's going to be that they're afraid of the bounty hunting piece and how that could play out across, um, you know, deputizing human beings to, uh, you know, file suit against other human beings about anything could be a messy, messy, slippery well, slope. And so well, what's interesting is that none of that is new, right? So immediately after the law came into effect, for me, I thought of the Fugitive Slave Acts that were enacted by the United States Congress. The United States Congress uh, allowed the deputization of people, not from just one state, but any state, 
uh, to go after, to hunt down, to surveil, to literally snatch from the grasp of freedom and bring people back into the realms of slavery. And oftentimes, and this was well understood, many of the people who were kidnapped were people who had never been enslaved at all or who had been people who had purchased their way to freedom. And all of that is just so horrific. Um, it's well understood that uh, the people who were snatched into slavery through fugitive slave laws had no standing before courts to defend themselves against being snatched into slavery. Um, and the same kinds of incentives flow with this too. There are incentives about upending people's basic civil rights and civil liberties. And that's part of what makes them so dangerous. But to your point, how might the Supreme Court slice and dice this? Interestingly enough, it might fall down to supremacy and ego. That is, when you listen to the oral arguments, one of the things that some of the conservative justices were concerned about is, well, who has authority here, right? I mean, kind of who cares about the people who could become pregnant, but is the state of Texas dabbling in an area where the Supreme Court would have authority, even though the Supreme Court, the majority on the Supreme Court, could care less, sadly, about reproductive health rights and safety based on how these justices have articulated their views. No, that's actually an excellent answer. And thank you for summing that up. We wanted to bring you here to talk With a lot about- With waves in the people. background. <laughs> we, wanted to bring you, we wanted you here to talk about fetal personhood. And we already talked about some of the ways that fetal personhood is on the law in states, how it's been a sneaky strategy for a long time to set it up and passing up these laws that sound compassionate, but are really ways to establish that fetuses are people, like the HOV lane thing. Yes. So we basically are like, fetal personhood laws are putting legal abortion in danger. Are we being alarmist in this assessment? No, you're not. And to be honest, 20 years ago, I was suggesting the same. So 20 years ago, when there were more or more, when there were black women being dragged out of hospitals, literally in shackles, chains, bloodied gowns, shackled to uh, their hospital gurneys while in delivery and labor, the justification for that uh, by police and prosecutors was that these women were somehow harming a child. That is, they were instantiating personhood in embryos and fetuses. And I became alarmed by that and said, this is the pathway that upends everything. And what we see today is a crisis of many things. Clearly, um, people who are beyond conservative, and I think that's an important point for people who think, well, I have to follow the ideology because I'm conservative. Let's be clear, Roe v. Wade was a seven to two opinion, five of those justices were Republican appointed. Justice Blackman was put on the court by Richard Nixon. Let's just put that in context because what we see today is completely unhinged and is not consistent with any of that history. But that said, these 20, 30 years ago, what was happening to Black women and the criminalization and the surveillance of them is in fact what leads us to today because that was instantiating personhood in fetuses, charging these women with child abuse because of their conduct while pregnant, that was what personhood looked like. And so now it is kind of um, the chickens coming home to roost in a sad and strange way. Well, you know, there was an incredible article in ProPublica that I tell everyone to read. Uh, it came out in 2014 and it followed uh, 
this guy named Tom Parker, who's on the Alabama Supreme Court. And Tom Parker's raison d'etre is personhood. And mm -hmm. through the course, he would take every case that had anything to do with defending fetal personhood. And he did it just, he knew the court would strike it down, but he did it so that he could write his dissenting opinions so that he could start having a block of opinions that could be shown to folks to say, even though courts have been striking this down, this windbag gets to write all of this legal opinion around the other, but there's another side to the story that is really frightening to me. And have you seen that as a strategy from the right? Because the article terrified me. Well, we're right to be terrified by that. Uh, and there are two points that I want to make. Uh, the first is that um, the Alabama Supreme Court uh, basically issued opinions that said, we see no difference between a child and a fetus, and we see no difference between a child and a non-viable fetus, basically saying that there's no difference between a five, six, seven-year-old and a clump of cells, as some people would say. Um, and so that's important to consider. And the second thing was, as you mentioned, this 2014 ProPublica article, we needed more journalism covering these issues. And that is unfortunate. And it represents the fact that so many newsrooms have been predominantly male, predominantly white male, and had not been focusing on these issues as if that's not news. And it is news when it affects more than half of the population that can become pregnant and give birth. And now we're seeing media paying attention to this far more closely, but they should have been doing that five, 10, 15 years ago. It's why we're here. Why we're here. Yes, <laughs> that's why you do what you do so well. Dr. Goodwin, we love talking to you and um, we have to wrap it up because the show is only a little bit of time, but where should people go to engage and activate around this issue? Well, if they want to learn more about what I'm doing, they can find me at Michelle B. Goodwin on Twitter and Instagram. They can read my book, um, Policing the Womb, Invisible Women and the Criminalization of Motherhood and be in touch and follow everything That's you right. do. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Goodwin, for being such an incredible guest, incredible advocate. And again, her book, Policing the Womb, is a must read because she not only breaks down how hard systems of oppression work to control our reproductive lives, but she lets you know what you can do about to fight back. So we'll put all those links in, in all of our Twitters and all the bios and all of the show notes here. Dr. Goodwin, please come back soon. I look forward to doing so. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Dr. Rochelle Goodwin. And coming up, an incredible performance from Austin-based R&B badass Jackie Benson. But first, a word from our sponsors. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We have awesome comedy videos to watch because we have to go pee, so we have to roll something in. In the systems of oppression, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, those who have never been granted justice and the real victims. Famous men who get canceled by the woke mob for being racist, sexist, or transphobic and lose everything except their jobs, money, status, and power. These are their stories. Cops is filmed on location with the men and women of law enforcement. Yep, I got a tip on an ejaculation without a condom over on Smith, which means it's possible personhood violation. 
wouldn't be safe for me to go it alone, so I call for backup. Personhood violation, what is that? Well, now that the law is life begins at conception, from the second that sperm touches that egg, it's got the same constitutional rights as you or me. It's my job to defend it. Relax, folks, relax, relax. Folks, if you're not doing anything wrong, there's nothing to worry about. We just want to ask you a few questions. Wrong? We just had sex. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And in this state, life begins at conception. Mm -hmm. So if uh, that's wine in those glasses, you're endangering the welfare of a child. What? Is that wine in those glasses? Yes. You, sir? What? Yep. Exposing yourself to a minor. <laughs> Good job, kid. Thanks, Chief. Hey, hey, I am not pregnant. I have an IUD. Ma'am, you just confessed to a murder. What? What are you, crazy? You don't know what the hell you're talking about. This is outrage. This is a private home. Get the hell out of here. We're going down. It's the law. We're right back. Where the hell are my pants? You're fired. You're going to be fired. Don't say a word. Yeah, you got him on three counts. Child endangerment, indecent exposure in the presence of a minor, and first-degree murder. Glad they're out of the bedroom and off the streets tonight. Dispatch to car 48. We have another personal call over at 278 19th Avenue. Call for backup. 10-4. Yeah, it's going to be like this all night long. Typical Friday. And Saturday. And Sunday. Monday. Tuesday. Twice on Wednesday. Thursday. Friday. Saturday. That is hilarious, but also a little too real after that Dr. Goodwin conversation. I know. I feel like, is that a real show or is that comedy? I, I don't know anymore. Is there comedy anymore? If no, what is comedy? That anyway, is let's move on. I am so excited for our next guest. She's an Austin-based singer-songwriter who's just finished up a national tour. She's been featured on NPR's Tiny Desk series, and a part of AA Front's concert series, Do Re Me Too. Please welcome Jackie Vinson. Hi, Jackie. Hey there. Okay, I'm here. Yeah. I <laughs> What's loved up? you. I'm so good. I loved you on Do Re Me Too. You were so funny. Oh, um, man. So Sometimes I, I wish you guys would like, you know, like uh, release a compilation album so other people can hear that stuff on Spotify. <laughs> Because, <laughs> um, like, I tell people about it, I'm like, you gotta believe me. It's like it happened. It did happen. It it happened. Really you gotta happened. believe me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you have been traveling out in these COVID American streets with your dog oh in a truck doing shows. How is that? Yes. How did you know? You know my life. <laughs> you know, I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, what, that's exactly that? what I've been doing. It was, uh, it was a very full experience. Um, I, uh, it was like sometimes really, really, really terrible. Like, like the depths of actual terror. And then okay. sometimes it was like pure magic, like 5,000 people coming from six towns. Cause this is the only town that has an event tonight. It's like this big outdoor park. And then you can see the stars cause there's no street lights. Cause we're in the middle of Idaho. And then sometimes, <laughs> It was like, oh, so this is the only 30,000 acres out of 1 million that aren't on fire right now? Oh, shit. Are you sure we're okay? 
You were and then the news is like, you guys are probably going to be fine. I'm like, hey, I need more than a probably when we're talking about fire. Um, probably is not good. Probably is not <laughs> I mean, when we're talking about, like, let's talk about, like, a person being on fire, and that person is me. Um, problem <laughs> probably is probably is bad. Probably yeah, is not good. Yeah, that's under the floor. <laughs> like, we... I'm probably going to go to Minnesota now. See you later. Personally, I would also say any chance you get to get, go to Minnesota, take it because that place is incredible. Yeah, um, and also are, Liz is there sometimes. So. Like, also, especially <laughs> when I'm there. We are so appreciative yeah. to have your voice in this movement. Can you tell people why you ride hard with AAF and for abortion rights? Well, I, the first and foremost reason is that I'm a woman and I also have a lot of people close to me that are also women. And um, we are all fully people and we deserve to have autonomy and, you know, power over our own bodies. Like, because what other control can you have in this world, right? And also uh, there's an entire half of the world that have always had control over their own bodies. And it's just mind blowing that they can't understand why we would also want that. So, so the basic reasons. That's like the foundation <laughs> yeah, of the reason, the, you know, the like important reasons. <laughs> just, just obvious stuff, you know? And then the other deeper, more intellectual reason um, is it's just a domino in this horrible nightmare of a, of like one domino after the other falling over and then we end up somewhere outrageous that we never thought we could have ever gotten to. Because if you look at history, that's like what happened with Germany in the 40s and 30s. A lot of those Germans were like, we, we just, we were in a depression and, and we needed help. Like, I don't know what, like a lot of people were like that. It snuck up on them. And this is exactly how it happens. They start with a stupid law saying that a pregnant woman in an HOV lane, you know, they start with a stupid teeny little law like that. And then we end up at the freaking handmaid's tale. Like literally. Oh <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Anyway, like, it, it is that no. drastic, you know? I know exactly what you mean, Jackie. Um, Gotta keep things moving, so we're gonna Let's let you do what you do best and take it away. Let's do it. My name's Jackie Vincent. This song is called Never Say Die. This song's about never giving up on yourself. Can I take this from me? I will always be free. I already broke my chains. Can I take this from me? I will always be free. I already changed my name. Never gonna blow my eyes. Never gonna waste my time. Never gonna say no. Never gonna say no.
That was an absolute bop. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it was the good theme for this. It's about never giving up on yourself, no matter what. <laughs> so I was off camera, but I was dancing. <laughs> nice. I, I kind of was dancing too. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Jackie. Jackie's no latest problem release, at all. Thanks for having me. Jackie's latest release, Love Transcends, is available on her website and streaming on all platforms. And all the info about her tour dates can be found right down here. That was excellent. Me again? <laughs> I, I think I might be. Although Jackie, um, hi Jackie. Uh, I, I, maybe you can hear me. Maybe Jackie should close. Ah, there I am. That Jackie was awesome. Close the show. <laughs> Jackie could have closed the show. Ain't nobody got time for me. Um, that was a lot of show we had. And um, you know, just before we, we get to our what we learned, I just want to give a quick, quick update um, on the Texas uh, case. Uh, the uh, Texas court has ruled this horrible Texas law unconstitutional, and they hit it for three reasons that I think the Supreme Court, they think it's very good that the Supreme Court's going to follow these three tenets. One, the people who brought it do not have standing. They're not injured by somebody else's abortion. Two, you cannot punish someone without due process. And three, delegation of executive power to private persons, i.e. creating a pussy comitata so they can hunt people down, help people get abortions, is garbage and unconstitutional. So that's going to be developing. Please follow that. We'll be, we'll be giving you updates on our Twitter feeds at Abortion Front, and we'll be following it tomorrow. And uh, that is that. So, Moji, um, that is big news. Uh, what did you news. learn today? What did you oh, learn today on our big show? Learned, what was your takeaway? Oh, you know, I thought about it and I thought about it and I learned that in Texas, Netflix and chill is now Netflix and children. Boom, boom. A hundred percent. And I think I learned 
that abortion bans are the let's go Brandon of laws. Like they're yeah. just yeah. T rash. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap it up. We're running long. Thank you so much for joining us. You are awesome. Thank you to our guests again, Jackie Benzen and Dr. Michelle Goodwin. Join us next week when our guests will be comedian Gina Yashere and Tammy Kronemacher, who is the only abortion provider in North Dakota. And she's coming to talk to us and share her wisdom about how we can talk about abortion over the holidays with our relatives. We got to do it, folks. So we might as well learn from somebody who provides it. Plus, Abortion Access Front has launched our annual clinic holiday drive. It's amazing. This is where you can find the wish list that clinics have given us and help fulfill their needs over the holidays. It's an awesome way to give back and it's an awesome way to show clinics that you support their work. So all the information about that, how you can get involved, how you can sign up, how you can adopt a clinic, you just go to exposefakeclinics.com backslash support real clinics. And don't forget, whenever you miss the original broadcast, you can catch it here anytime, or you can listen to it in pod form with Thursday's episodes dropping on Sunday morning. Anywhere you get a pod fix. All right, we leave you as we do every episode with some weirdo showing his whole ass. And this week's preacher, we met him in DC last week and he was on the steps of the Supreme Court of the United States, exposing the entire cheek vessel to the world. How would you like to have your whole ripped off? How would you like to have your life torn from your body? How would you like someone to come along with the jaws of life and crush your skull until your brains leak out of your head? You wouldn't like it very much. You certainly wouldn't call it health care. Feminist Buzzkills Live is a production of Abortion Access Front. Subscribe to our YouTube at aafront.org slash fbksub.